Talks. I'm your host, Bethany Unwin. This podcast is run in association with The Performer Journals and Performing Arts Mag. Our aim is to make the performing arts industry a safer and more accessible place for performers. If you want to find more tips, downloadable resources, activities and articles from industry experts, please head to the link in our show notes to download your free copy of Performing Arts Mag. If you would like personal support and guidance or you have a topic you would like us to cover, then please head to our show notes and you will find the link to The Performer Journals on Instagram and you can DM us anytime with anything you may need. Don't forget, if you love this show, if you love the episodes that we provide, then please head to Spotify or iTunes to leave us a review. We would be really, really grateful. Thank you for your support and without further ado, let's get on with today's show. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Emma Kaler who is an actress. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come on the show. Thank you for having me. It's been a long time coming, I'm looking forward to it. It has, it's been, uh, with the last guest as well, we've been trying to arrange something for three months and just everyone's schedule at the minute coming out of lockdown, it was so much easier when everyone was in a pandemic because... And then, you know, everyone was free all the time to, like, record whenever. So it's been a bit crazy, but I'm so glad that it's been crazy for you. Um, So if you can tell all the listeners at home a little bit about who you are and what you get up to day to day. Yeah, so um, I am 23. I'm originally from Cardiff, but I've lived in London for the past four years because of drama school. Um, I went to arts there in Chiswick. Uh, and in between, you know, all the acting jobs and stuff, which thankfully I've been having, have been coming to me, um, I work as a runner and a PA on film sets. So it's nice to have, you know, both both sides of the camera experience in a way, you know, and you get to appreciate and understand and just, just have knowledge about what's going on in between takes and everything. So you're not too much in your own bubble, you know. Definitely. I mean, I always see, you know, on sets, um, runners and PAs and things. And most of the time they are like actors that are aspiring to be in this industry. And they're doing this as their like part time hustle. And I think it's such a good idea because you're learning so much about your craft, even though, you know, you're you're doing your side hustle. You know, um, it's so, so helpful and so beneficial with the contacts as well. Do you find that, like, when you're working the other side of the camera, there's lots of um, networking that you constantly have to do and constantly have to be a bit of a sponge, really, and take everything in? 100%. That's one thing I've definitely learned throughout drama school and since leaving drama school is the learning comes from experience. You know, you you really don't know how to react until you're in that situation. So on set you just pick up tips from people you learn how to communicate with people and you learn basically yeah you're a magician in a way because you're sort of playing playing the field professionally you know and um knowing what to say to who and how how to get what you want but through like in a business sense if that makes sense but it's very um competitive and there have been a lot of people I've met on set who work behind the camera who are, yeah, like you said, like writers, directors, producers, and 
it's really nice actually because you never do know who you're speaking to and it's always the people you don't expect which some, somehow come out the woodwork in the future and like oh I remember you from this job and then you end up getting opportunities through them so definitely being open being confident being forthcoming and you know introducing yourself is a very important skill to have because I think a lot of people want to go up to that director want to go up to that producer and just ask them something but they're like oh you know they're big like I feel like they're not going to want to speak to me because I'm nowhere but people people love being asked questions and people love giving advice you know it's compliment at the end of the day if someone wants information from you so I would definitely be like to anyone who's nervous just if you don't ask you don't get 100% you've just got to go for it and see each other as equals because you are you're working on the same projects and everything together so yeah. there's no reason why they shouldn't give you the time of day but um obviously time it time it well so you can have a proper conversation with them yeah and like not a mid take make sure that it's like a convenient time for them as well where they're not looking like stressed and <laughs> in the exactly. middle of 10 million different jobs with 10 million people um yeah. But yeah, no, I think that's great advice. And I think what you touched on there about like the business side of it isn't spoken about enough in drama school. And I try and talk about it a lot on this podcast because it's so underestimated how much networking and how much running your own business you have to do in terms of connecting with people and hustling to get your own work and seeking advice and mentors and things. It's so important, isn't it? Definitely. There's um, a quote. I don't, know, wait, I don't know who said this, if it's a famous quote or whatever, but it's preparation meets opportunity. And that's so important because, you know, you can't have too much luck. And also, you can't have too much hard work, if that makes sense. It needs to have the balance. And there were nights during drama school where I was on IMDb Pro, I've rinsed that website for all it's worth, and I literally was emailing everyone. And I, you know, as soon as I see a show, I liked, I would go straight on IMDb, see who cast it, see who directed it, who wrote it, see if I know their work previously. Um, yeah, and emails. So it's a lot of sitting in front of the computer, to be honest, and sending emails, ironically, for such a practical career. Yeah. Um, but with a lot of things, you know, the acting and actually being on the set and performing is like 10%. The 90% is all the behind the scenes work of actually getting that job. Um, and I think that's why a lot of people... I guess it's only certain people suit that type of industry. And if you find out it doesn't suit you, that's fine. But, like, it is, you've got to be prepared going into it that things are not fair, things won't go your way, and there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that goes on that you don't know. It's like how that person got that role, who knows who, who's, who's built up enough credits, that type of thing. So it is a lot of you've got to be self-indulgent, you've got to make yourself look good, and you've got to put yourself first. Um, so yeah, I would definitely say that the business side is very toned down in general factors, like it's not spoken about enough. You have got to be a business person, because you are your business at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think that more training needs to come from our drama schools. I don't know if you ever had any training on it, but I know I sure didn't really, the business side wasn't spoken about. And the fact that what you said there about like 90% of the work you do is not in front of camera or not on stage or not performing 
is so true and we weren't really prepared for that I don't know if you had any kind of business prep so we had we were quite lucky actually our that did supply us with a lot of different um external people from the industry coming in for professional practice I'm sure other drama schools have professional practice and basically it's where directors producers actors whoever come in and it's a Q&A you can ask them anything and they'll be open and honest with you and it was nice because they were brutal they were saying you know it, it takes a lot of work you know you'll do five six auditions and then you'll get the call that you haven't got it and it's sometimes unfair and you feel like you get major imposter syndrome the world's knocking you down but that that is what you've got to be prepared for and luckily they were all very straightforward with their answers um and told us that you know a show reel is so important making your spotlight look really good is important um having a good headshot is important so it's nice to hear it from someone who's currently in the industry and has also worked as a casting director and as actors they're both you know either side of the table so they can give us just the insight because i think when you well when i first started drama school i was like oh this is gonna be so fun you know they're gonna do it all for us like that's why we're here and then you find out no you 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 know they'll guide you but at the end of the day you've got to have that drive to to go for it and ask questions and put yourself in those situations um so business-wise i think I think they did a really good job with that. Um, but once again, you, you can't truly experience it until you're in the industry and you are looking for jobs. Yeah, it's a huge learning curve, isn't it? And as much as I try and like give this information so that people aren't quite as blindsided as, as some of us have been, um, I still don't think you ever truly comprehend what what people say in terms of the business side of it until you you're stuck in it and you're doing all these things for yourself um, which is a great learning opportunity and so obviously you graduated into the middle of the pandemic you graduated in in 2020 um is that right yeah 2021 2021 so really recently so how how was that because it's gonna be a very different experience to someone who graduated prior or after the pandemic? Mm. Um, I think we became a bit desensitised to it, my year especially, because we went into the first lockdown during second year, the beginning of second year, spent the rest of second year pretty much online, started third year in person, and then after three months went back online. So it was very disjointed and you didn't feel like you were completing years, you just felt like you were completing different sort of, I don't even know, like universes in a way. Because you were like, a week ago I was on stage and now I'm in my garden reading a book, nothing to do. It's it's so surreal. But I think it did help us to sort of get used to spontaneity and adapting to Zoom. Like we did a Shakespeare play over Zoom, which was... Hefty. <laughs> which was an experience, yes. But it was fun, and that's like what makes the memory. So, you know, if someone in the future asks us to do a Shakespeare play over Zoom, we're like, yep, yeah, been there, got it. You yeah. Know? So, at the time, it was very odd, very strange, but I think we're sort of prepared for anything now. Yeah. Um, and it also gave me the time, personally, to think about what I wanted to do as an actor, who 
who I was, all those sort of things. I did a lot of sort of personal work, you know, um, getting into reading and yoga and going for walks and stuff. It's so therapeutic. And, you know, in normal life before COVID, it was, I'd feel guilty for taking that time out. I'd be like, I need to be doing something. I need a workshop. I need to be emailing someone. But COVID definitely gave me the opportunity to stop and understand that rest is just as important as work. So, yeah, I think it helped us in a way. In, a really, in hindsight, I think it really helped us. We're different people. I think we'd be different people if um, COVID didn't hit us during drama school, in all honesty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know about you. How, how did you find it? Um, so I graduated in 2019 and as soon as my course finished I was like right I've got to start getting the money in to be able to pay for everything so I started teaching more um and I kind of I had one or two little jobs and I was trying to focus on just those so I didn't really try and like book loads of other jobs I wanted my first few credits to be substantial or made sure I made the most of them um so I didn't really get the hang of what it meant to be in this industry of applying to as many things as you can and putting yourself out there and things like that because I had these one or two little credits and I wanted to make sure I nailed those before I went on to anything else and then in the new year um I had a credit that was going to happen and then for some reason which now we know why um shut down and we were like what's going on like why has that not happened so all of a sudden I had like this three-month contract taken away from me and I was like that's my money like I've just moved house into a bigger flat and that was a real big learning experience um and then I just had to secure as much teaching work as I possibly could to kind of pay the new flat fee and knowing that I'd just been to like I'd had the written information I'd sent off my passport ready to fly for filming and it had all gone and that was a huge heartbreaking moment for me I was like oh my goodness how can that happen I've had it in writing and you think at that point that 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 is definitely happening um and that was a big kind of lesson and then obviously the industry shut down um about five weeks later and thank goodness I didn't have that contract because if I'd have started that I'd have been stuck out there with no way of getting home um in what was a very scary time so everything does happen for a reason so that's something I definitely learned through that but yeah it was I've not really had enough time to kind of work out what the industry is Mm. and I'm kind of getting to that point now where I'm kind of finding my feet but it's two years on and I'm not saying without the pandemic I'd be further on because I think people are still trying to work out the industry every day it's evolving constantly um but yeah it was a very weird very weird time and I still don't know really what the industry looks like and I'm still trying to navigate that and I'm sure you must find it the same yeah definitely definitely it's um it's just strange you don't you don't know what anyone wants you don't fit any boxes like this is a this is the point the acting industry there's no linear path to getting a job there's no right answer my um boyfriend he's a medic so, you know, to be a doctor, you have to complete certain courses, do this, that, and he knows at the end of the day, there will be a job waiting for him. Whereas me, I'm like, mate, it's free reign. I've got the degree, I've got the agent, but will I get a job? Who knows? You know, type of thing. So a lot of it is luck and getting yourself in those rooms um, as opposed to, you know, 
completing exams and meeting certain people. So, I, I, yeah, I really don't know how I feel about it. I'm still trying to navigate it as well, to be honest. I think even with casting acting, because I'm mixed race, I'm Welsh and Indian, and it's such a niche. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I'm not enough of this, I'm not enough of this, and I think a lot of mixed race people probably think the same. It's just you don't, you don't feel as if you're enough to represent certain things. So you're like, I wouldn't have a chance. So it, it works against you, even though it is such a unique casting. It also is a bit detrimental because you, you feel like you don't belong anywhere. So you've really got to own that. And I think I got a lot of imposter syndrome from being mixed race, but not being enough. Like looking like, oh, you've got something in you, but like no one knows what it is. You know, <laughs> so it's sort of like, oh, I've got to constantly explain myself. So yeah, navigating the industry in that sense as well with race and appearance and everything, heritage is forever changing as well. So I've just sort of, try to use that as my superpower and be like, yep, yeah, I'm, I'm ethnically ambiguous, as they say. So um, it, it's something I'm trying to navigate. But well. as the young women, I'm sure like we, we, now that, you know, feminism and everything and female equality is definitely more prevalent nowadays, it's nice because you know that we'll now have opportunities and we will be pushed to the front a bit more, but it's still the sort of, being taken advantage of as a young woman and not being taken seriously and having stereotypical roles as you know sex objects and stuff like that so it is a forever changing industry and I'm I don't think I'll ever understand it to be honest I think I'm just gonna go with the flow and see what happens you know and not get too get too involved with it because love the industry love acting love performing and I've loved it ever since I was little like this was always the way I was gonna go but um, I've definitely learned since COVID as well to it's not the be all and end all, like have a bit more to you. Mm. Um, don't make it your complete life because that with everything, if you get too much of something, it just becomes a bit toxic. So yeah, I'm sort of trying to compartmentalise what I mean. Like that's my job. And then I have other things that I care about. Yeah. Don't let that affect that. It's hard, but... Yeah. yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, when I was in my third year, I suffered a really nasty industry. And because I'd always channeled everything through my dancing and being able to perform, when that got taken away, it was like, now what? Who am I? Like, and I kind of lost myself for a moment because I was like, I, I can't do the one thing that I've always done. And it became a very scary moment for me. So that's why, you know, then I changed and I got different things and I set up the perform journals and all these kind of things because I was I still wanted to be in it in some way but I didn't know how (laughs) when it all gone um and I think as well you know if COVID has taught us anything over the last few years it's you can think that you're in a really stable place with something really stable like a really stable job and it'll still could get taken away that is just the reality. So it's worth just going for it and trying yeah. your best and just doing what you love. Definitely, definitely. And not getting too attached to things, the jobs or auditions and stuff, because yeah, it is a very fickle industry.
industry and things can just, you know, you can always be replaced and things can just stop and end with no explanation. So you've got to sort of, yeah, not become emotionally involved with the jobs. Um, I remember, I can't remember which teacher said this to me, but it was a really good piece of advice. And it was, uh, you know, when you go into the audition, leave it in the room, go home, get on with your life, pretend it didn't happen. Because the more you sit around and think about it, the more it's going to become a negative thing. And then you'll start overthinking, well, maybe I should have done this differently, actually. Or what? They looked at me like that. What does that mean? Do they hate me? That type of thing. And you overthink. And then you sometimes you, then you don't get a job. And you're like, oh, and then you blame yourself. And then I've always found that it's the jobs. I don't know, I'm just going to say it. I always find it's the jobs I think I'm not going to get that I end up getting a recall. Because I think I'm not going to get it. So I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy the South End. I'm going to enjoy the audition. And then I, I, I get it translated as being confident and it, like chill over, over the screen. So then you, you get you get the recall. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I think like you just got to have the similar type of energy go into all of them. Just see it as a like an audition for everything, not just that, that job. Um, yeah, and that, that has been funny. Like drama school, that arts ed was a prime example because 2018, I auditioned for arts ed. It was my last audition. I didn't think I was, I applied really late. It was London, didn't think I would get into London. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to go have fun, see what it's like, I'll come back next year. And the one place I got in, and it was, it, by that point, I'd sort of given up in a way, like in all honesty, I was like, oh God. And then I got in and I was like, oh, this is, a sign just just have fun because I think it's it's so hard not to put these people on a pedestal do you know what I mean like yeah. I'm sure you get that like when you walk into a casting room you know, these people are the doorway to my career <laughs> to my rent you know yeah. so it's hard not to, to think they're gods in a way but you, you you've got a who is it from the na- uh, not from the national Royal Shakespeare Company. Oh, I think it was the National. One of the, we had um, a workshop with the casting director from the big, big theatre, and um, she said the casting directors sometimes don't even know what they want. Like they, they just want to see what's out there, and then they'll sort of decide what suits the show the best. So it's a lot of the time they're just normal people who are also confused about what they're looking for. So it's quite it's quite a sweet thing to know that everyone's just trying to help each other out in a way. And you can sometimes see that, like, when it goes to breakdowns, they're, like, say very conflicting things. Um, You know, you get these breakdowns and you're like, who are they looking for? Because there's so many conflicting things in this one thing, like, not look too young, but needs to be under 16. (laughs) You know, and it's just, like, constant different things. I mean, I looked at one and there was, like, eight different conflictions. I was like, they do not have any clue what they are looking for here. Um, And it's just really interesting, isn't it? Because we think there's a real power imbalance when we go into these rooms and they have so much status and we can't ask for anything we can't ask for advice we can't ask for help we can't ask for what they might be looking for so we can like help them create their vision but that's ultimately what we'll end up doing on the job so why not just do it in the room it is it is it is a coping mechanism for me especially I sort of go in I'm like look um, it's not that deep just have fun like we're all normal people, we're on the same playing field, so don't take yourself too seriously. And it is it is a coping mechanism because I am shitting it inside, <laughs> don't come out swear, but I am literally hooing myself inside. But um yeah, you've just gotta put yourself put yourself in your lane, you know, and sort of just 
discipline yourself before you go in. Um, but yeah, I'm sure with you, with, with the podcast as well, was that a was that a sort of coping mechanism during COVID to, to sort of like just see if everyone else was feeling the same, or was it was it something you'd always wanted to do when COVID was the perfect yes. time to do it? I suppose it was something I always wanted to do and obviously we set up the platform a year before and it was kind of like okay now's the time like if I'm gonna expand it now's the time while the industry stood still and we can be a real help um so that's when we started the the podcast and then the magazines come this year and last year 2021 I'm so confused about what year it is it's just not okay um but yeah so I suppose it was you know um a massive you know if I'm gonna do it it's gonna it's gotta it's gotta be now you've got all this time everyone's at home Mm. this is the point when you get it done um so yeah it was just kind of giving me that time like you said to like pause I did a lot of stopping and reflecting which I'd not had any chance to do even before you know performing art school going straight into the industry like I said, I was so focused on getting rent, focusing on trying to secure my first credits. I didn't have that time to stop and think about where I wanted to go, what my first goals were going to be, how I was going to try and get there. I didn't think about that. I was just like, right, I've finished training. It's time to hit the road. And it was just, that's just not how it works, you know? (laughs) Um, And I know that now, but at the time that was kind of what I did and I suppose that was my coping mechanism of getting through the industry was just like look you've done your training now you've got to do it and it was kind of like that push to to just kind of get on with it like this is your job now you've got to do it (laughs) yeah like I I don't know about you but I when I first came out when I in June well it didn't really hit me till September time obviously when everyone was going back to work and stuff but it was the realization that I had nothing to work towards, if that made sense. Like, I was now on my own, you know, because you have years of your life in education, you do your A-levels in music, drama, whatever. Then you audition for drama school. There's always a next step. And then you do three years, four years of drama school. And then you've been busy five days a week training. And then you're like, for what? Because you leave now. And you've got all this time that you then have to navigate. And you have to be like, right, I need to get off my bum and actually start taking initiative now because you are kind of spoon-fed all the advice and all the coursework and everything by um you know teachers and stuff so it is it, it, it was terrifying for me because I, I i'm very i like being busy i've always been busy and suddenly september comes along and i have no calendar year i have no dates to think about so it's like, oh my god how am i how am i going to fill my time like i've got my got an agent and stuff but then what like do i i didn't because i've never had you know, like a London agent, I had a local agent, but I'd never had like a big London agent. And I was like, what's the protocol? Do I speak to them all the time? <laughs> do they speak to me? Like, do you know, you know, really tells you what the, what the sort of vibe is. So um, it was, it was hard getting used to that, but I just try and pretend that I don't have an agent. So I still stay motivated. Yeah. So I'm not just sitting waiting for jobs. Um, but uh, no, like my agent is, fantastic and you know you can ask her anything and she's 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 just a very nurturing figure like you know but we'll we'll really hope to get this job but if not we'll have a day to to be sad about it and then we move on that type of thing so Mm -hmm. yeah it's very it's very I'm very lucky to 
have an agent that I feel I can talk to as well. And um, that's another weird thing with COVID as well. And I've never met in person. Like, it's been over the phone and stuff like that and Zoom calls. And then that's another strange thing to me because I'm very much like, I like physical contact. I like going for a coffee and actually... People person. Yeah, figuring out like what, what, what you're about. So that was very strange for me because I, I, I'm quite a, I like to know what I'm getting into before I do it, you know? So that was a big risk and leap I had to take, not actually meeting any of the agents that had offered during drama school. But what, what about you in drama school? Like, with, did you did you do your showcase? Did you have any ideas about what it would be like? Was it different to how you pictured it? It was very different to how I pictured it. Um, yeah. We didn't have a showcase. We had agent days. So they would come in. We were taught four set routines. So they were just choreographers that came in. It didn't matter if any of them didn't suit you. Um, We were taught these four routines that you all had to perform. You went into the room um, and the agents were there. And then you performed the four set routines. And then... After that, they'd call back anyone they see who they wanted to sing or do acting. And when your strength was, you know, acting, it was the last thing that they looked at. Um, It was very different how I'd anticipated it. I pictured us doing a showcase. I pictured, you know, loads of agents being there. And we had 13 agent days, which seemed like a lot at the time. Like I felt like, oh my God, this agent's coming in today and this agent's coming in tomorrow. That is not even a handful (laughs) when it comes to the actual industry. Like there's so many out there. Um, And, you know, you felt like you were getting some of the biggest, um, scariest people walk in. Um, And it was a very, it was a very challenging time. And I left with no offers um I didn't have any recourse for any of them and I was kind of like right that's it then like you know that must be that must be my sign to be like okay so I had a day where I was like that's that's that no agents like you and then I got over myself and then I realized that it doesn't matter I'm so young (laughs) and I don't know what I'm doing yet. And the people that they chose had so much confidence and were so brilliantly talented, but they'd also had a lot more training even before they came to perform an art school. They'd had a lot of training and I just realised that I needed time to mature, to be able to work on myself and work on my craft even more. Even though my training was over, I wasn't done there's still so much more that I needed to learn and a lot more that I needed to grow within myself. Like you said, but the imposter syndrome, I didn't realize it at the time, but I massively had it. Um, And I think that they can see that. They can see on that side of the panel, especially when you think that there's such a power status, they can see when that's affecting you and when you're not quite ready to go into those rooms. And as an agent, you want to be sending people in knowing that they are worthy of being in that room and they are going to try and book you that job. So now I totally understand why I didn't get signed, but I just needed an extra little bit of time. And that's not a bad thing. I just know that I needed that time. So it was a very great time for me. I signed with an agent last year. Um, But then 
now I'm in between representation again and I'm, you know, out going out there, but I want to make sure before I go out there that I get lots of things done. So I want to make yeah. sure my acting reel is complete, my dance reel is ready, my vocal reel, my voiceover reel, you know, all those kind of things are going to be updated first. I've recently got all my headshots updated. So I'm like, I know what I'm working towards now. I know the steps that I'm yeah. going to take to get there. I'm back in training again, like training, you know, doing regular classes and things. So it's all about being self-aware as well, I think. You know, and you think that you come to performing arts school and you're done because you've done your training. Like you said, it's time to get the jobs. It's time to book an agent. And that's not quite how it went. So I had very different vision to how it actually panned out. But now like two years on, I'm very grateful for the way it panned out because if I'd been sent into those rooms and maybe didn't do it justice, that could have been worse. So I'm very yeah. grateful now that that's the route that, that happened for me, <laughs> even at yeah, the time. Definitely. Yes. 100%. It's, um, it, it's a strange one because I think you think this would be all and end all. You know, in third year, you are ready. And if you don't sign or if you don't perform well, then it's like, what is wrong with you? What have yeah. you done wrong? What have you missed? And you're no one. No one knows the answer. So you just feel very alone. You do feel very isolated. And there's a lot of people, which obviously is great. But you know, you get some performers who you feel like they get everything sort of handed to them. It just it lands in their lap, which is amazing. But obviously, you probably don't see all the the emails and the late nights that go on behind the scenes. But it's it's sometimes you're like oh. I'm doing all this, isn't it? It would be nice for something just to come to me for once. You know, it'd be nice for me to not feel like I'm harassing every single person in the industry. <laughs> um, because that's literally how I feel. And yeah, I, I, I tried to sort of flip it on its head and be like, well, this is good because it, when something does land in your lap, it will mean more because you know what it's like to struggle and you know what it's like to not get the agent off the bat. You, you know what it's like to, you know, not get the the huge Marvel job. Yeah. And you've got to learn how to hustle for yourself then. Yeah. You know, you, you can't rely on an agent to help you, even though, you know, you still look for work yourself and you still do the self-tapes and everything and you're still in training. You don't even have that helping hand to get you the contacts that you need. So then it's like another hurdle. You've kind of got to jump. And I learned how to jump that quite quickly and I had to because otherwise I wouldn't have work um and I was very grateful that I still got given some opportunities while I didn't have an agent but that was because I'd written to people and I'd been really passionate about wanting to to do the projects and then they saw me and then I got the job from there but getting yourself in the room is definitely a difficult thing when you don't have an agent it's definitely a lot easier when you have the contacts and someone who's been like no this person's really good you need to see them um because they listen to that they respect agents opinions um so it has been quite challenging without one especially at first um but you know it's definitely taught me a lot of things about making work for yourself and making things happen off your own back. And like you say, in training, it's kind of you work towards this agent coming and signing you and you work towards getting into the industry. But they all talk about these agent days as being like the be all and end all. And they're not. They're not. And I hope people realise that they're not. Um, They're great. And if you can get offers, that's fantastic. Um, 
but maybe it's not the right time for you and you just need to trust the process because it does all work out (laughs) definitely I like I in a way I also feel guilty because when I was younger, I guess, looking back on it, because when you meet new people and you, you know, think you sometimes, you know, you look back in your own life and you realise, wow, like, I have it proper easy. Because it's quite a, like, I had quite a rose-tinted upbringing, to be honest. Like, I've never had a, a struggle. Things like, you know, in school, like, the things I wanted to do, I did well, and I, I got the little jobs, and I got into drama school. Like, it's always gone well. So suddenly having this sort of reality check and you get out being like it's not all about you you're not the main character all the time you're like okay okay so at first i'm like oh my god the universe hates me but now i'm like i'm glad i've had it now at the beginning of my career instead of 10 years down the line where i've had a big blow up and then no one likes me anymore and i'm on still on cloud nine thinking i'm thinking i'm all that you know so it's it's going yeah, from being a big I'm... fish in a small pond to being a small fish in a very big pond, isn't it? Hundred percent, hundred percent. And it's it's yeah, you've got to check yourself, and you've definitely got to reflect and be like, "Am I being rational? How can mm-hmm. I fix this?" You know, it's a lot of self discipline. I think you've got to oh, be yeah. very aware, very um, self aware, very self disciplined. I mean you know there's time when you do need time to be sad to be gutted to be angry to be all of those things because you're human and that's okay and if you want something and you don't get it you are gonna have those feelings and that is more than okay give yourself time but you also need to acknowledge maybe when it's time to get a plan together so that you don't feel like everything is going against you so that you know that no matter what happens you've got a plan and you are doing your best and you sometimes just need to take a day to do that but you also need time to be sad please don't get me wrong you know have time to feel upset angry feel like the universe hates you have those moments where you sit and cry and eat the chocolate and watch loads of rubbish movies and tv but after that (laughs) figure out what's going to make you feel better about the way that it is and the way that life is and for me I know it's having a plan even though everything else is maybe going tits up having this plan to like keep moving forward no matter what happens it's it's okay because I know where I want to be and where I need to be and I'm doing that definitely like if yes finding and finding other ways into getting into the industry you want to be in you know there's there's loads of different opportunities that will lead to the same place. So, for example, with I was telling you really about Miss Wales um, beauty pageant competition. So, you know, being in the final of that now for this year's competition, I've I've always loved the idea of pageants and everything, but it's not, you know, an old-fashioned pageant. This pageant is very much focused on becoming public speakers becoming confident, walking into a room and making people stop and watch, um, being involved in charity work, sponsoring people. And, and, you know, and I've got lovely people who are sponsoring me where I live locally. I've got a nail salon called Cat's Claws who are sponsoring me. And I've got an Indian restaurant down the road called Jubarage who are kindly, very kindly sponsoring me as well. And it's really lovely to see people sort of confirm that what you're doing is right and not silly um so yeah that's like another thing I've thought of oh I really enjoy sort of activism and 
I, I love dressing up and I love feeling good about myself. Who doesn't? And you know, why not do all of that and represent confidence and beauty, like mental and physical beauty, you know? So it's just a bit fun as well. I think, don't, yeah, like I said before, don't take yourself too seriously and yeah. also have fun with it. Um, same as working on huge film sets as well. Even though I'm not on that film set as an actor, I'm still on the call sheet. And I'm still like, I, I may be, you know, the runner of the actor on the call sheet, but I'm on the call sheet and that's a great start. And you end up meeting people from loads of different um, departments on the, on the set and just getting some background knowledge. And you also learn in a really sneaky way as an actor, what people don't like about actors. So then you're like, okay, okay, I've got it, I've got it. Make sure I don't do that. I <laughs> so you know, it, it's really, it's really interesting, and I think working because yeah, I'm working at Warner Brothers and I've worked at Netflix and stuff as a runner, and it's interesting because people don't know, don't know you're an actor unless you say, obviously. Um, so it's nice. It's very interesting to see how people treat you when they know you're an actor when they don't and I also walk on set thinking I know I wouldn't say it's just as much but I can empathize and I can see, I know what it's like for that actor over there I know what it's like for them I know what they're doing right now I know what the director's saying and it's so it's so amazing watching these top Hollywood actors at work as well, it's amazing. You're just learning from the best in a way. You're watching how they talk to the director, the producer. You, when they cut, they go back to watch the monitor, and I'm like sneaking behind them to see what they're looking at, and I'm listening to what they're saying. And it's incredible. It's incredible because you do feel like a five year old in in a candy shop again because you're like, oh, gosh, it's everything I want to do is in front of me, and I, I'm just milking it all the way. So yeah, finding finding other ways in sort of is is the trick um and sort of playing playing dumb i think is quite a smart tactic you know oh i don't know what this is please who's that and then in your head logging who's who and everything knowing who you've got to chat to so you've got to be sneaky in a way you gotta um, play the game 100 percent, 100 percent. and it's so it's so annoying because you know sometimes like can everyone just be nice and can someone just point me in the right direction but everyone's looking out for themselves at the end of the day aren't they and it's you've got to you've got to get used to it being a doggy dog world definitely yeah, for sure so emma where can people who have listened to this podcast come and find you oh so you can find me on social media um instagram my instagram is emma.kayla my twitter is emma kayla um my spotlight i think i'm I've also got an IMDB which is now live so I can send that to you also um, and then hopefully one day on the TV <laughs> definitely I'm sure we will as a, as a runner on the credits <laughs> yeah you'll find me there but um, amazing we'll make sure we put all the links to your instagram your spotlight your imdb everything in the show notes um so guys if you are struggling on where to find emma you can head to the show notes of this episode and all the links you could possibly ever want to need will be there 
So thank you so much, Emma, for coming on and sharing your amazing insight. I feel like this episode has been really valuable. So thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you, Bethany. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you to everyone listening at home. This has been Performer Talks and I've been your host, Bethany Unwin. Thank you so much for listening to Performer Talks. You can head to the link in our show notes to download your free copy of Performing Arts Mag now. You can also head to the show notes to get in touch with Bethany at the Performer Journals on Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, please do not forget to head to Spotify or iTunes where you can leave us a review. A review helps make the industry more accessible by releasing our podcast to more performers and helping them get the help they need for free. Thank you so much and have a wonderful day.